Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of mopping, the show of Portland, the show of the early, early years of the Austin cocktail scene. Today's guest is one of the founding fathers, as I would call it, of the movement here in Austin, Texas, and one of the finest palates I've ever been exposed to, Mr. Adam Bryan. Today, you know, we ask ourselves, where in the world is Adam Bryan? No, he's not in Mexico. No, he's not in Europe. No, he's not in Central America. He's here back in Austin working at Dive Bar, returning to his sweetheart from years ago. So there's a lot to learn here. There's a lot of amazing things we find out about Adam, a lot of things we find out about Austin as it's grown into a cocktail mecca. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Adam Bryan. Kind of Before they tell you to take your pants off. Yeah, and then you wear that damn skirt, and there's like a little clear, clear shot. I don't wear the skirt. Well, de- well I just go. I just, just go. Yeah. I wait till they come in. And I just You're like drop what it. you see, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's True. good. No, it's it, but it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, podcast. That that word to me is so stupid. It it kind of is, right? Like I don't even know what it means. I don't understand what podcast means. I mean, right. I know, I do know what a podcast. Is. Yeah, sure. Now where that came point, from? What I have no idea. Pod people casting pods. What the yeah, hell does that mean? I don't, I don't know. I think it made a lot more sense in two thousand whatever that sure. was before we became jaded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in uh, our in our adulthood, right? About six months after the iPhone came out. That's right. I believe yeah. I, <laughs> everything changed. I was uh, I was nostalgically holding my first uh, first generation. You still have iPhone. It? I I have. Uh, if you open a drawer in my house, I have. All of the iPhones that I've had lined up yeah. in succession of their generation, and it's not any sort of altar or you know obsession. <laughs> it's just that that's where they it went. It kind of feels like an altar. That's where they went when is it they the were trash done. Drawer like where it you keep your scissors and the, duct tape. Uh, that would be the junk drawer. Not oh, the trash sorry, drawer. sorry. The trash drawer is where I keep my trash. Oh, okay. or, yeah, my <laughs> dirty junk, magazines. You're right. Things. The junk drawer is different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not trash yet, but yeah. it's junky. Uh, no, they're just it's they're in there because that's where the used iPhones go. Okay, uh, and they're in order because that's the size that happens. Oh, it's a good point. So you have it's just not, kind of this increasing, yeah, right. right? If they were in there randomly, people would be like, "What is this? Yeah, why doesn't he put them in order?" Well, now it feels curated <laughs> because you put them in order. <laughs> you took the time at one. I don't have a problem day. with it feeling curated. I'm just saying it wasn't. <laughs> You curate the trash drawer. Oh, sorry, the junk drawer. You know, uh, sometime about a year and a half ago, I think, um, I'm self-described minimalist. Very happy, proud of it. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, that's just, I think that that everybody should practice more. Okay. If you're into that sort of thing. (laughs) Uh, That said, (laughs) along with the drawer full of iPhones in succession, I didn't throw away the damn boxes. 
You get I, I was one of those too. guys, you yeah. know, like, but you know, I'm not a techie guy. I don't have computers all over my house. Do you like the wires. boxes, like the shape of it? Or? I just thought that it was part of the thing that came with it. I right. mean, people who don't take their dolls out of their packages. Right. Or their, or what, do you, what do you call guys. them? Your Star Wars yeah, guys? Exactly. Yeah, you don't take well, your dolls out of your play, package. They played with these hard. <laughs> these guys, they're missing limbs and everything over here, but... But yes, so, you gift the boxes? I thought maybe I need to put them back in the box someday. I see. Okay. I don't know why. To do resell that. them, maybe? No, because I destroy them. Oh. You know, I mean, so why, I, them. I, I would never resell them because they're cracked and I've farted on them. And, you know, <laughs> like. There's lots. There's lots of, there's layers of living. Yeah. On each of those phones. Yes. Yes. What's well, good. That's I mean, so do you consider yourself a technology guy? Because I mm. thought that you kind of like re- not retreated no. in a bad way, but like you're off working at a barn in Mexico because you're like, fuck technology. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a. Um, I am functionally tech savvy. Okay. Uh, I don't stumble over, you know, having to work with. It's not a necessity for you. Yeah, it's not a crutch. It's not a necessity. It's just, a, it's part of our lives right now. Right. And so, and for the foreseeable future. Um, Unfortunately, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I think it's a good thing, but. Uh, it's kind of good. Do but... I get off on technology? No, not at all. Uh, I think it's much easier to come to your house um, with the phone with telling the math, me yeah. how to, how to drive uh, from you know, civilization to where you are. That's so, right. I hear yeah. I live in, what does Matt Daniels call it? He calls it Buta. No, not Buta. Oh, Dallas. Oh, Dallas. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Dallas. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, he doesn't understand scale. He <laughs> <laughs> like, looks at a map. He's like, it's like an inch away. It's got to right. be in Dallas. Right. Well, I do that sometimes. With you. you try to measure your finger with the little scale on the That's map, right. And then you do the thing. Yeah. And you're like, like, it's not that far. It's like an hour to Fort Worth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it, course that's unless you're on the mega bus how long is it taking the mega bus well it depends how long they stop for their cigarette breaks they stop for cigarette breaks on the mega they do they stop and uh not as often as greyhound does okay that's fair because mega bus is it is a little bit more luxury it is more luxurious it it uh and by luxurious you mean it doesn't smell like cat pee that's right it doesn't smell like you never see cat pee on the greyhound but it (laughs) smells like cat pee. you never see cats where are the cats Coming from on the this grid. is the question. This or is the question. Is it that I think it's living a certain lifestyle just manages to make your urine smell like cat pee? Oh, this is right. Yeah. What if you, yeah. you're not hydrated enough? Perhaps it's the ammonia. It's condensed. We're getting a little too close to home here. <laughs> <laughs> Lifestyles dehydration. I, I peed on a greyhound, <laughs> and it was just on yeah. the seat. Yeah, I'll just soak it up. But you know, in in full disclosure, I like buses, but I have not rode on either a greyhound or a megabus mm. am i missing out um no you're not no. missing out okay uh, but okay. i mean i flew to uh, portland oregon uh, a couple weeks ago uh for 25 dollars out of dallas 25 dollars um, and you know if i would have flown out of austin it would have been 150 bucks you know it was only 25 25 dollars one way one way that's still insane. Twenty five dollars the way back too. So no, it's I know fifty dollars right. round trip. Just because it's um, off season or what? Uh, no, because it's Spirit Airlines and they make oh, you basically right. hate your life the entire time you're on the plane. <laughs> but you deal and for with that it pleasure. Somebody they they take twenty five dollars. What what is that experience like <clears throat> sitting on a Spirit flight? I will sum it up, please. Yeah, I will sum it up uh, uh, very quickly for your listeners. Yeah. I sat down my last, I fly Spirit Airlines a lot. They go to Central America a lot. It's very cheap out of Houston and Dallas. Yeah. But the last flight I took, which was that Portland flight, I sat down in my seat and 
um, they don't really even have a magazine folder holder thing. It's just sort of like a piece of tape. Uh, yeah, like a glorified <laughs> rubber band around the back of the seat that holds the information that <laughs> is supposed to keep you alive. You know, yeah, 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 when you crash and and uh, you know, seeing the uh, you know, I hate the the uh, the I don't I feel bad, but I don't listen to the directions of the. I don't the think staff. Do, well, yeah. You're right. So and I try to spirit. busy myself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, so I sit down on the flight, and the first thing that um, I pull out of that is an advertisement, a poster size advertisement from Spirit Airlines announcing that, get excited, okay. they now carry Fireball Ooh. for one of their beverage selections. That's one of the only airlines I know that carries Fireball. Well, I'm pretty sure the airlines actively don't, um, carry. don't carry things called Fireball. <laughs> For a few different <laughs> for reasons. For a couple implicit reasons. Yeah. They're so. ahead of the... They're like marketing they geniuses, are. apparently. I, well, you know, <laughs> they're working with $25 round weight or each weight <laughs> budgets, you know, and they're... And they're I staffed. can't think of all the cocktails that they would make. Like, no, it's called the crash course. <laughs> <laughs> so besides the fireball, which is an Ill, Ill, ill-stocked item, mm-hmm. you could say. What mm-hmm. it, what is it like sitting there on that inexpensive fly? I mean, is I think it's different? fine. It's I think fine. it's fine. You know, I mean, not to not to uh, you know plagiarize uh, Louis C.K. or anything like yeah. that. But you're flying through the damn sky. That's right. I mean, get over Let's yourself. Be glor- Let's like really appreciate <laughs> the fact that technology brought yeah. us this far. Yeah, and you know, you're flying through the fucking sky. You're flying through the yeah. fucking sky, and you're probably wearing sweatpants, and I'm probably judging you for it <laughs> while you're doing it. You know, so but yeah, yoga pants are okay. Oh, those are great. See, yeah. that's the that yeah. here we go. That's mm-hmm. the roller mm-hmm. But you may get to Portland. What, what were you? I know you're from Portland, but where were you heading back? Seeing family or just hanging out? Yeah, it was, well, they were twenty five dollars each way. Well, that's fair too. But you could have went to freaking Billings, Montana, for probably twelve dollars, but you didn't go there. I think everybody knows why I choose Portland, Oregon over Billings, <laughs> Montana. Uh, it, the no, I was coverage. there. I no. was there to uh, just to, just a visit. Uh, yeah. You know, borrowed a, a buddy's uh, BMW motorbike and rode around for a while. And really? uh, you just know, like just up the did coast, the or just in the city, or? Uh, both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kind of chugged around and had a good time, and it was nice little, um, nice little break. Do you uh, ever feel like Steve McQueen? Because I keep thinking, like, I'm like, well, who does Adam? Remind I don't know what Steve of. McQueen feels like. Well, well, he's dead now, so probably not much. But <laughs> I mean, literally, probably not much at all. But a guy that was well traveled, keen for a cocktail, keen to create mm-hmm. a sign, an emblem of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Probably not good in relationships. I don't know this, but yeah. probably not. Like I like how you're selling this. Yeah, it's I'm feeling good. more and more like Steve McQueen. <laughs> you don't have a mustache per se. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. That's not a big I, deal. I could if you want. Well, I guess that's yeah. true. You could have um, the thing. But no, I mean, are you I wanna I wanna make it not a caricature. i you play by your own rules. And I know that sounds like kitschy and shit, but like you kinda seem I like, do, I do, as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. Yeah. I think I do. It's all um, just solitary, right? Uh, yeah, I mean I I don't know. I think that there's uh there's always a consequence, you know, in somebody else's life for whatever you do. Yeah, well, um, of you know? So you just got to be mindful to minimize those. So the especially when it's important. Adam Bryant. So <laughs> all right, okay, good. So we know you're, you know, you're kind of under the radar now, which I think is a great thing. 
You're traveling around, you're riding mm-hmm. your bike all around. We talked about some troubles mm-hmm. in Nicaragua. Yeah. They weren't too bad. Your life wasn't threatened, but people kicked you in the ass and sent you on a little bit. There was no jail time involved. Not not this time. No. No, <laughs> no. But where did this all start? You grew up, were you born in Portland? Uh I was born in Chehalis, Washington. Um, okay. there are, there are two cities, uh, Centralia and Chehalis right next to each other called twin cities. Okay. Um, this is on, uh, highway I five. Okay. Um, in it's directly in between Seattle and Portland. It's Got 82 it. miles each way. Which one do you want to go to when you turn 18? That's basically okay. how you go. What, what do they do? Is it a logging town? <clears> it's it a very blue collar town. Uh, I grew up outside of that town. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the two towns combined are about well, about 15,000 people. Wow, okay. Um, but the county is really more of the fabric of the of the of the area and the and the community there we call it community but the, right. the people there. Uh, Lewis County. Um, coincidentally, uh, if you use the abbreviation CO for county that does fit on your knuckles. It's, does it it's, really? It's crossed is my that mind. What that cat tattoo is? No, you've got no, love and but, hate. Uh, sorry. No. It might love and hate. What are you going to uh Cape fierce that though, sorry says, yeah. yeah um so yeah i grew up outside of that town out out in the county yeah um on a, on a farm uh it was a family farm it was not a production farm whatsoever it was just a hobby farm yeah the, we i had guess pigs. it had been in the family for a couple of generations or no no my uh my my parents uh, uh bought it they um my father was a city boy from boston and seattle and my yeah. mother was from that that from town and uh you know he said uh, that he wanted to be a a country boy, farm boy, and she said, "You're crazy. I've been doing this my whole life, and it's yeah. horrible." Why uh, would he want to do that? Yeah, well, you know, just change of pace. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, city, city kids, boy. city yeah, kids. Right. You know, <laughs> they think it's all gumdrops. And, That's right. And uh, so, yeah, they 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 bought the farm, and and um, they it was you know pigs, goats, chicken, cows, kind of stuff. All that you know? stuff, right? And uh, um, I grew up there, um, you know, most of my childhood, and then. Uh, they they split up and uh, and it, you know I had a good relationship with both my parents and uh, you, but we uh, moved around how, a lot. How how old roughly? When all they stuff? split up uh, when I they got divorced I think when I was five. Oh, okay. we lived on the farm still for another couple years, few oh, years, wow. uh, and then uh, then we sort of had a chain of different houses that we rented around sure. and things and finally. No, I mean I know how you, that's one. exactly how that works. Um, and I enjoyed that very much. Uh, I always wanted to live somewhere different and new i got excited we were going to move somewhere i was yeah. never the kid that wanted to be like oh i'm gonna miss my friends here and that was just not just the what's case. next Let's yeah keep going. always keep going. and uh yeah so you grew up in this small town and and uh i was a good kid uh didn't you know um i had fun and i didn't get caught yeah. and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know um uh became a teenager and and really just started pushing the envelope of like uh what what fun was and like right. how weird and crazy can you be without being a menace to anyone, you I know? See. Okay. Um, and so I had a, a good group of friends there in that small town and so county. Still, that, still really close to where the farm yeah. was, but living outside of it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we had good times. Uh, we, we did lots of drugs and, I'm sure. and, um, we didn't drink so much when I was, it was more uh, drugs. Than yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't really start drinking heavily until I was, um, heavily you know that sounds great on the radio <laughs> you don't uh, have to tell us that man yeah. but I, I regularly yeah okay um until i was maybe 20 21 or oh so yeah it's pretty late on uh, what what kind of what would you say 
Well, one. So were you an academic kid? No. No. Uh, I was. I was great in school. Okay. Um, but I. Uh, um, I didn't. Uh, I went to high school for the first about six months of my freshman year, uh-huh. and um, I realized that. Uh, and maybe it was the town. Maybe it was the community. Maybe sure, it was. Sure. But it just wasn't for me. Uh, I wasn't getting anything out of it, and I was. I had the self awareness. Um, to decide that it just wasn't. That's not the path. Befitting, yeah. You know, and uh, so you know, I I went to, um, the community college there and got into a program that was, uh, for sort of at risk kids and pregnant you know girls and things sure, like sure. that that sort of fast track their way into college and which is actually smarter if you just call yourself at risk you finish up yeah much that was essentially yeah. you know That's where brilliant. I went with yeah. that. And even though that was a great opportunity, I think for for a lot of the people that that were in it with me, yeah, um, it still really wasn't driving with me. And I, you know, I I took some classes for maybe another year or so, and then uh, you know, just kind of came to the point that that I loved learning and I loved um, the social aspect, but uh, the structure just wasn't yeah wasn't my thing. Do it at your own like your own risk, but own reward. Like right. explore it on your own. Account, right, 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 and. Uh, yeah, um, I've never, uh, you know, I was really afraid at, at that time that I would grow um, to uh, uh, um, to uh, regret yeah. not going to not finishing high school, not going to college, and Does things it like even that. Cross your mind, and I've never once, right? never once regretted it. In fact, it's something now that I'm sort of uh, almost. Uh, it's a point of pride that yeah. you know yeah. I'm fine. You know, it didn't matter. Well, no one would, you can't like yeah. someone wouldn't talk to you and be like, mm, he's inarticulate. Like, right. no, you're very articulate, right. very eloquent, very, very intelligent, insightful. Like, yeah. the way you think about things. So, there is no correlation, right, to being successful in doing that way. stuff. Well, know. for many for people, too, yeah. man. There's been plenty of people on the show, too. Like, they didn't want to finish. Cool. Don't mm-hmm. finish. Doesn't matter to me. I don't give a shit. I'm not going right. to look at you any different, right? Because it's right. about how you interact with people. Mm-hmm. So, you loved people. Were you, so, this is not, it wasn't the path for you. Were you living at home still? No. Were you living with your mom? Um, and your <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think it was about 16 or so when I moved out of the house. Uh, I pretty, you know, at that time of your life, you pretty much do anything because right. of a girl, I you know, yeah, or, man. or whatever your choice. And, and um, so I did, I moved in with a, with a girlfriend of mine. Um, and uh, then I think I just, sort of bummed around for a bit um i did uh i liked i was really into cars and worked on a lot of volkswagens and things like that uh, where do you learn how to do i mean you don't just like instantly learn how to do that you just do it until it runs makes sense yeah i mean you beat your knuckles on something long enough it'll it'll start uh, (laughs) (laughs) or if not you just sell it some old you know poor bastard down the road (laughs) uh but you know yeah i did a lot of that for a little while and then some more drugs and uh and um you know stumble along and and during that time, I think that I, I found a little bit of inspiration with my mother. Um, she had uh, sort of taken the the idea of, well, if you're not going to live at the house, right. I don't really need the house either. And so she sold that and, and um, uh, you know, sort of retired early, as you would call it, not really? with any real plan, and bought herself a motorhome and... It's bang perfect, she though. was gone and that was like that was her thing she yeah. was like I'm what, this, what, kind, what industry and, was she in like before she retired uh she did uh um uh, natural preservation oh, okay. um society stuff it was uh forestry and stuff like that. yeah 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 um uh very 
very she has common the, in the Northwest to do that oh, kind of stuff. Oh, so I can't imagine. Yeah. 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 So she took off in a motorhome and, was and it she's wander, been in there. Like Wanderlust, is that a fair thing for her? Like keep yes. going, seeing new yeah. cities and yeah, very much. And she's that way to this day. She is still out there doing that thing, that's and that's amazing. how she lives. That's how she looks at life. That's how she lives. Did she ever it. get remarried? Uh, she did a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one was to a cop. That was dumb. That's weird. Cops. No. <laughs> Oh, there's a reason somebody decides to be a cop. That's I'm just going right. to put that there, out there. There is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for saving us from yeah, all the bad sure. stuff. But, uh, don't anyway, ask me, bro. Yeah, I'm not, don't ask me to marry you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she did that. And then she, she, found, uh, she found a Canadian. And, uh, married See, that's that better. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's, uh, he's even older than she is. And uh, he's, a, he's a good dude. And he, they met, actually, because they were both RVing. Really? And driving around the country, it's and like these aren't glamorous. Society, like right? these aren't these. You know, she doesn't drive these like uh, mega tour bus looking sure. things. It's She's like, like in a little, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. She's driving around in her little van. So. That's still killer. But though. they meet each other, and and they travel around a little while for for in the both caravan style, and yeah. then they said, well, might as well shack up together. That's they got cool. married in a in a drive through Vegas wedding Perfect. kind of style thing. You know, That's so great. Yeah, so they're good. And um, you, didn't, you didn't have any brothers or sisters, do you? I have two uh, half sisters. Oh, okay. Um, okay. That one lives in Seattle and one lives down in Southern Oregon, gotcha. and uh, they're both from different sides of the. Uh, they were a, equation. You know, the family equation. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, I love my family dearly. Uh, I'm. I've always been sort of at arm's length, uh, right. and that's not a uncomfortable thing. That's just the way it is. Well, it seems like that's the dynamic, right? Yeah. Mom's like, you got to go travel sure. and do your thing. Yeah. I'm going to do the same thing. Right. No right. shit on you. It's cool. We're right. cool. You know. Yeah, we get good. together when we can, and if we can't, you know, no sweat off our No backs. problem. Uh, so yeah, they're they're up and doing their thing and have kids and that's, whatnot. That's great. Yeah. And so I just you know so I think about this period. So you're really getting your knuckles dirty, as you, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. pounding on Volkswagens. Now we're talking bugs. Are we talking buses? Are we talking motorcycles? What all of them, man. All uh, the yeah, I had I have I've had them all. Uh, my first tattoo ever is a uh, is a. Uh, <laughs> Sort of unnerving <laughs> resemblance to a German propaganda, but it is a Volkswagen <laughs> sign. I promise. Okay, okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it was a product uh, of Germany, anyway. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know, and uh, done by my sister, actually. Oh, really? Uh, so that's that's about as close as we get as family. You know, that's still pretty good because yeah. you can never forget her now. That's true. I can't. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so doing mechanics that. seems like a good. Yeah, I mean, it's a good gateway into learning how other things work. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, I think that it was more the obsession of the of the the product itself that mm-hmm. I like, not necessarily working on things, but you know you have to work on them to 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 go show them off down the street. So mm-hmm. that's just how it worked. But uh, yeah, and and you know eventually uh, because of another girl uh, moved to Portland, um, and then I think I'm eighty two miles away, roughly eighty two miles away, not even roughly, exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah. Um, that, that was a good that thing. Sort of kickstarted a whole different thing, you know. Was I was, this what, how, that old were you when you moved? Uh, I was uh, eighteen. Oh, okay, so a couple years later then. Mm-hmm. You said the. I, I just remember one picture that I can't forget, mm-hmm. um, and that is that you looked like Greg Morris from the Circle Jerks with those massive, <laughs> dread, <laughs> massive dreadlocks. <laughs> or sorry, Keith yeah. Morris from the Circle Jerks. Yeah. I think a lot of people would um, would burn that picture or. <laughs> Maybe stow it away somewhere in a safe, but I I wear it on my sleeve. I you think know, it's like, amazing. It's uh, you really did look like a legitimate punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were big. They were heavy. Uh, I remember cutting those off, and 
That was a liber- right, so, liberating experience. <laughs> I don't. We, I think the next liberating experience of my life was cutting off the mustache. I think that really? like cutting off the dreads and cutting off the mustache were like cutting boom, off boom, right, right next to each other. Transformational. Yeah, that's great. Well, maybe that's how when we do this, the autobiography, uh-huh. which which eventually yeah. this will serve as some kind of frame of reference. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the first, you know, one of the first couple chapters will be the dreads came off, right, right, and then a couple yeah. later, yeah, the mustache. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's like a you know, like Jeff Goldblum transforming in the fly. It's a very very <laughs> a massive change. Like I'm sure the mentality changes and all that. Yeah. But you follow a girl again, which is a girl exactly again. what happens to yeah. most people. Yeah, up to Portland. What are you doing in Portland? Well, I saw I grew up a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't um, we weren't doing our Lewis County antics anymore. We, I mean, we weren't chaining washing machines to the back of trucks and driving down the street or anything. I mean, <laughs> Did we're, you bet to see who win. It's like hey, this this washing machine wins. No, we just like the racket it made. Ah, yeah, we yeah. just like to watch watch it. Must be a quiet it's, town. Not when we're doing that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I grew up a bit, and uh, I tried to, um, you know, just sort of uh, be an adult. Yeah. And what does uh, that mean, though? Well, uh, I'm not sure. I don't either. I'm not sure. Did you I, just read it somewhere and felt like that? Or was I, it just right before I came to this, question? I read it and they, it said that this is a pivotal moment. Say so you became an adult. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Well, I think that's in yeah. my. Let me look at my interview. Yeah, yeah. 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 When did you become um, an adult? Yeah. I. I. You know, tried to get real jobs and sure. and and I mean, I, by real jobs, I mean I, actually having a job. Not, right. 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 Instead of <laughs> listening to the racket of chained right. washing machines, right? We're selling or, or, or selling dime bags, you know, to the to the meth head down the street, and uh, so. I gotta uh, file taxes now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, hung out there for a while, and 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 really, I mean, Portland was, um, you know, Seattle had its heyday, sure. um, you know, when I was a bit too young uh, in the nineties, and mm-hmm. but that was really formative to me to watch that happen. I had so family close, there, right? and yeah, and I, you know, it was very, uh, I don't know, it was very pivotal. In my did life you and, did you embrace what was really a big cultural movement there? Or was it something you're like, eh, I I'm think not into so, it. No, I think so. I mean, I, I was at the, you know, Battle of Seattle. I mean, I was at yeah. the WTO riots and stuff like that. Oh, and shoot. that was that was big stuff for oh, that's us. that's amazing, you know? yeah. So going to Portland during that time uh, was, I, I mean, it was nothing less than perfect timing because yeah. Portland at that point was at the the diving board. Right. You know, they were, they were on the downswing and it was ready to, Pop off into that. Sure. That's, Do you know what year we're talking? Uh, this is ninety nine. Oh shit! Yeah, Nin- ninety eight, ninety nine, and and into two thousand, and and so I'm not twenty one yet. I can't go to the bars. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have a good fake ID, and um, uh, but I was soaking up a lot of the attitude and culture. And uh, you know, when I first got there, it was a little intimidating for sure. I'm you know country boy, and right, and um, not quite as hip as these people seem to be and i don't know that anybody's as hip as yeah, people from portland right well yeah i mean not even now look at you you look great but you maybe in portland i did spill a little coffee on my shirt oh that's fair here. no that yeah that really you lose some cool, some cred, <laughs> uh, some cred well, i thought that made me cooler that's what i was saying is well, i have the, the portland cred is right there <laughs> that's why you've mentioned it four times it's yeah. that's like, no, yeah. I, I don't know yeah you would um, know better than me yeah so uh it was a good time to be in portland yeah uh anyway it was a beautiful city and and a, and and you know I, I it's not like it I don't, wouldn't say it opened my mind any. To, right. You well, know, it's not that different, right? Like just more. I just meant that it was, you know, yeah, it was, uh, it was accessible. I mean, there were things that 
uh, I could go out and grab onto prospects, and, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, hung out there for a little while and met another girl. And uh, number I think, three, I'm, yeah. I'm keep taking yeah. notes. It's gonna, so I we think got uh, as we get farther along, it's gonna be hard for me to keep track. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a long interview. <laughs> With a lot of unhappy Just people skip at the end. Just a couple end. of them. Like, I don't know if I've got enough digital tape uh-huh. to, like, So, uh, yeah. Now we're hanging out in Portland, and I think um, during that time, I, you know, bought a, another bus, Volkswagen bus, and yeah. we traveled around for a little while. We went down California and Baja and spent a few months doing that. And, and um, uh, by the time I got back, I was 21. Okay. So now you can go in. Now I can go into bars uh, and met a, you know, uh, just a shit ton of great people. Yeah. And um, uh, started working. Um, what was kind of like the the leader of the pack then in terms of the hospitality or bar industry? Was it even, did they even make that bridge to cocktails yet? Uh, pretty early. There were a few. Uh, I would say that there, there was a place called uh, Mint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard I, of that. I think their restaurant's called 820 right next door. Yeah. That's on Russell Street. Um, and... They uh, they had a they had a program. I mean, they were uh, in fact. I think actually one of the Portlandia episodes is is filmed in that space oh, no with like the bartender episode yeah. where he's like muddling something. And, I didn't you know. realize that. And um, yeah, I mean, they had to be there in two thousand two yeah. one two, which is like you know? really right. really as it started right. to kind of percolate. And uh, I started. Uh, this is where I mean I had worked in some restaurants and back house and serving and things yeah. like that before, but. I um this is really the the moment for me that um I think that up until that point I had no idea what I wanted to do, where yeah. I was going, why and I didn't and I didn't care. Didn't I had happen. never I had never even considered where I was going. It I wasn't really an issue. Forward, sure. right? Yeah. Um and uh I was twenty one. I walked into a pub, little tiny basement pub. Mm. In fact that's the name, the basement pub. I like it. And uh, they, I sat next to a, a guy. His name was Adam. So we sparked up a conversation. And what's well, easy to remember his name? Yeah, and, and hanging out. They were just beer and wine. Yeah, and uh, looked like a real friendly atmosphere, you know. And we hung out. And he said, "Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm actually moving. I'm moving uh, um, uh, next week." And I was like, "Oh." And he's like, "Well, yeah, no problem. Except that I've been working here, and and um, you know, having buddy fill my space." here and i was like well shit my name's adam why don't you just put me in then there were no difference you yeah, know seamless and uh <laughs> uh i was excited i yeah. was like I'm, I'm gonna bartend man i'm 21 years old get back there and get laid yeah All kinds of cool stuff and and uh so the owner came over he was he was bartending at the moment he's, uh-huh. and the other adam says hey this guy's gonna take my job and uh he's like the owner says yeah okay <laughs> 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 walks back and like you know dunk some fries or something yeah and uh, uh so i said okay when do i when do i show up he's like i'll show up on on next tuesday or whatever and turns out um he was the janitor at the bar he was not a bartender oh he was the janitor. he was just the guy that came in twice a week and mopped the floors cleaned the toilets oh shit and was paid generally in beer yeah um you know and uh, if only he told you, I didn't walk out the door yeah. in like disappointment. I said, well, shit, then where's the mop? Yeah. You let's know, do it, yeah. let's get it done. And uh, yeah, I, I, I mopped those floors for 
longer than I should have. And uh, <laughs> um, the uh, the guys, you know, I walked out the door one day, um, and I saw they had put a help wanted sign in the window. Mm-hmm. And I turned back around and kind of mustered up some confidence. I walked back to the owner. I said, "Why didn't you ask me if you needed help? You know, you could train me to bartend." Right. And he said, well, I didn't think you wanted to do that. I always assumed you were sort of independently wealthy and you were just doing <laughs> this because no you wanted a place to hang out and drink job, right? beer. I'm like, I don't know how crazy you are, but I've been trying to impress you with my mopping skills for a good six months. Independently wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? The, well, <laughs> dreadlocks, trustafarian maybe sure, idea, I guess. Always but, a white uh, trust fund yeah, kid. He's got yeah. it. No, I, uh, I, I eat ramen noodles just like the rest of you. <laughs> So, um, so he said, well, sure, we'll take you on. And he, and he, you know, he put me behind the bar and again, it's just beer and wine. Yeah. And, and so but luckily was, that's, uh, it's a good place to start a little more fundamental, right? Yeah. Honestly, it had nothing to do with the beer and wine. I learned, uh, from that bar, um, all about the cheers yeah. of a bar. Yeah. You know, they were the same customers every day and they were great people sure. and they all cared about each other. They all talked to each other across the bar. There were no iPhones at the point. Yeah. You know? They were engaged. Uh, they were engaged. There were no TVs in there or anything like that. Oh, wow. And it was a safe place for the people of this neighborhood to be. Um, you know, if the power went off in the neighborhood, that's where they were. Yeah. If it snowed outside, which doesn't happen often up there, they all huddled inside there. And, wow. And uh, you got to know people. You got to know their 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 drinks, or they you know they, you got to know their their limits, when to cut them off, and things yeah. like that. And it was a real eye opener. Brilliant crash course. Um, and I, the owners uh, were veterans, you know, of the bar industry, and they were building a place that would take care of their employees. Mm-hmm. They gave us health insurance. This is a tiny place. Wow. I mean, this is ridiculous. They yeah. gave us health insurance. Um, they took us on employee vacations. They, they took us to New Orleans one year. They took us to you know Las Vegas for the barn industry thing one That's year. Crazy. You know, and and uh, um, along with the insurance, this is sort of parlays into you know I I I worked for them. We opened up another place and it expanded same, a little same bit. Same kind of concept. Yeah, exactly. And you know learned a lot. But um, I uh, I had been um, I had some medical issues um, and. Uh, that's when it really hit home how important it was the steps that they were taking yeah. to take care of their people. Is it something um, you had like your whole life you'd experienced? No, no, not at all. I was, uh, uh, I've been in motorbikes my whole life yeah. and, uh, me and some buddies were planning a, uh, motorbike ride down, uh, Baja, Mexico mm-hmm. and, and, um, maybe beyond. And, and, uh, we were preparing for that trip and, and we, uh, we literally had the bikes, you know, uh, loaded up ready to go right. on monday morning this was friday and i had been experiencing like some ball pain man like really? some serious ball pain so i went in and like a, kind of like a sharp pain dull pain dull i would pain. say okay, okay. like somebody kicked you yeah, yeah you know yeah. an hour ago sure <laughs> and uh okay. so i went in and and uh, they said hey um you ain't going anywhere i don't know about this trip you're talking about but you're not you're not leaving this hospital we're going in oh no and we're taking it out did it rupture uh no it was uh it was uh testicular cancer and um it was just it came on like that and uh you know i was lucky they found it um and they took it out uh suffice to say i didn't go on the bike trip that time why um but i was painful yeah, yeah yeah but i was down and out um for you know a few weeks and uh um and just the psychological mess that that took 
Because you um, can't be more than what, like 21, 22? When does this happen? I was 22 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I was yeah, 22, uh, maybe turning 23. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, was, uh, it was a stopping point for a minute. Yeah. And to what know that those like, people took care of that situation, not knowing, you know, they didn't know that that could happen to me. Yeah. And well, they had think, the foresight right? yeah. just to make sure. You know? That's amazing. So it taught me a lot about what your employees should mean to you. Did you, you know? feel like from that moment, because I've met, I've talked to a couple of people who've had these kind of life-threatening moments, did your trajectory change profoundly after that? Or were you like, no, these people really took care of me. I'm, I'm even more in allegiance with them. Uh, no, I think that, I don't think that I changed uh, all that much. Yeah. Um, I had had uh, a few years before, when I was, um, r- shortly after I moved to Portland, I my father died very suddenly wow. of um, of uh, liver, you know, drinking sure, stuff like sure. that. Cirrhosis, and, I guess. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, I think that changed a lot more of my attitude than anything else. That yeah. that really set me in a different, um, well, maybe not a different path, but made me think about things absolutely more deeply. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, but yeah, so I started working for those guys, and and you know. Uh, I, I put in my time mopping floors, and lo and behold, you know they returned it uh, a, a thousand times fold by yeah, making sure that I amazing. wasn't. It's a good thing you, know, you weren't independently in wealthy. Shit, I know. I would have to spend my own money. Yeah, to fix that. my ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, well, how long were you at that spot then? The basement pub. That was a. Uh, it was uh, maybe three years altogether. Two, Pretty two, good. two and a half, three years altogether between the two spots that we did. Yeah. Uh, it was good and. Uh, uh, and then I kind of moved on to um, uh, shortly, shortly before I left Portland. I moved on to uh, um, some other places uh, just to kind of get the experience. Right? There. Were, were they more cocktail forward? Yeah, definitely. Forward? There was a place called Victory Bar, still there. Uh-huh. Uh, it's on Division Street and uh, maybe Thirty Fourth or something. Yeah. And uh, that guy's run by um, owned by a guy named Yanni Laos, and he's kind of a mad, mad man, mm-hmm. a mad scientist. Very, very Does he have quiet. A mustache? I just think of all Yanni as having a mustache. He doesn't. I know that stare. Does he really? He does not have oh, a mustache. Oh, shit. Okay. No. And now I'm, I'm a little disappointed now I think back that he didn't. I mean, you're right. <laughs> right? He sort of should have had a yeah. mustache. Yanni? Yeah. Everybody that's Yanni. Uh, what kind of program were you talking over there? He was, um, he was, he was very, I think, aggressive with his stuff. He, he wanted to, um, and I think I quickly adopted his style of, these two two things should not go together. Got it. You know, let's make it work. Like oh, let's I see. let's take that fish and cheese. Right, exactly. You know, and he would he would uh, put these combinations of drinks together, and I would just be like, I, I can't believe you're grabbing that bottle. Yeah, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, and he would come out with a drink, and it would it would be it would be a a, a winner. It would know? work. And and so I I took his approach and started applying it myself, and lo and behold, I mean, you could. You you got to go through about eighty failures, but sure. you know the eighty first is. We just is trying a, to be like a like an difficult asshole, to be difficult. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Just to show you could make it work. I think that sometimes when you buy bottles uh, based off their obscurity mm-hmm. and their their funky Bavarian label, <laughs> <laughs> it's just empty. It's like product sitting on the shelf. So you're gonna have to figure out something to do with it. Yeah, you know? it's just gonna so, keep getting dustier. God yeah. damn it! Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was that was fun. I learned a lot from him, um, and uh, uh, took that and 
and hightailed it down to San Francisco, uh, maybe a year or so later. Really? Another girl or just uh, for career? Yes, another girl. <laughs> I uh, know you wanted to keep it understated. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but that, that works. And imagine that, so you're talking probably, what, three, four years later, so maybe, oh, geez, 2004 or five? We're in we're in about two thousand six. Okay. Okay. Yeah, at this point, so things are really starting to move in that yeah. culture, right? right? Especially in San Francisco. Yeah, and I took you know I, so that that cocktail uh, knowledge coming from Victory, um, I owe a lot to him for that. And uh, I took that to San Francisco, I guess thinking that I could pop into you know some some places down there and mm-hmm. apply that, and uh, you know that happened to an extent, but more importantly, what happened. Portland is is very, uh, you know, honest about its approach to mm-hmm. um, uh, not giving a fuck mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. And so when I got to San Francisco and I uh, started to uh, tried to apply uh, my that that Portland style of service and is hospitality, it kind of like blase and kind of very, disrespected? Yeah. very, and it's and it's it's respected in its in its own right. And right. Um, so when I got to San Francisco, I think that it immediately occurred to me that people expected a different uh level and style of of um attention yeah and uh so you know i paid attention to that and i picked up a lot there Uh, i'm not sure that i ever uh, that i used it very early on but you saw it i soaked it it up yeah yeah i knew it was important somewhere i just hadn't figured out where yet any notable spots in san francisco uh i worked at a place called slow club okay uh when i first got there and they uh, helped open a um uh, additional sister restaurant serpentine mm, okay uh down in dog patch uh great great places um hard to describe because they are not um there's no you know straightforward focus sure, on these places sure. they're just they're just great experiences yeah. For you, yeah yeah so um and <laughs> so i can't uh, wait to hear where did you go when where did you go next like this is you're this world traveler jet sitting. Uh, well, so far I've only made it 600 miles down the coast. Then, but they're so like but wildly different, though. If you think about, they it. are. I mean, they are um, the ends of the earth, like these unique I, cultures. I. Uh, so this here here's uh, here's a saving grace. Okay. The same girl. Sure. From San Francisco. Yes. Okay. We decided to go to Austin. Okay. So okay. I've made. I've grown up. Sure. You're making have, a commitment. Right. Yeah, I like that. That's right. good. Uh, as much of a commitment as it is to move to a town that you've never been to before. That's right. With a girl that you're familiar with. On a motorcycle. <laughs> with your only belongings being whatever can fit on the motorcycle. See, that's lovely. It is. Uh, and she, the cool thing about her is she was down with it. I said, hey, we should move to Austin. She said, why? I said, I'm not, well, I don't really know. But uh, <laughs> Wait, yeah, where did you get that notion in your head that you would want to move to Austin? Uh, I'm not, I don't I don't know. Just, I don't know. See the, the uh, you know what happened is it, I, she moved to San Francisco first from Portland, and okay. I followed her down there maybe sure. a couple months later, and uh, just because of work schedules and things. And, mm-hmm. and I when I went to visit her one time, I got a cheaper flight from Portland to go through Austin and then back yeah. up to San Francisco. All right, right. And so I had to stop here for, you know, it was like oh, most of the day. And yeah, so I okay. came out here and I like walked around, but I didn't, I mean, like literally... <laughs> You like licked your I, finger and put it yeah, in the wind. Like this seems about right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this place is kind of dusty. And then I got back <laughs> on the plane, and uh, and so I guess that was just the most recent city in my brain right, at the point. Right. And I, like I said, hey, we should move to Austin. There's it's, worse it's reasons. Fucking expensive here. Let's and it's leave. Hot. Uh, well, in San Francisco. Oh yeah. And well, uh, sure. so yeah, uh, we packed up the bike and and 
we you know we took a while we took a little trip to get down here and stuff like that and drive <coughs> around excuse me and uh you know yeah showed up and i mean i i, sh- I rolled into town we went to spider house it was uh-huh. like the first thing that came up you know as as we got here and yeah and um yeah cracked a lone star and sort of said should we live here and we i think we were just too tired to to make a, to do anything else <laughs> so, fine whatever you want yeah, and we're up. like this queso stuff is actually pretty tasty yeah. so we stayed liquid cheese that's, that's yeah. what texas has to offer yeah. ways to kill you yeah but in exactly. a very delicious fashion yeah and it smelled good i mean that's the thing is i was thinking about when i uh you know earlier today i was driving around and i and i i got this whiff of like diesel smoke and um i had some fruit in the car and it Mm -hmm. instantly reminded me of being in like central america mexico and things like that where you have these like those smells to me are are beautiful they 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 good memories they're exotic you know and um uh same thing with here you rolled in it it smelled like barbecue it smelled like uh you know uh, cedar and oak and and uh it was just pleasant at the time yeah um so and it's not a, a not something you 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 even miss when you leave and then you come back and you and you like walk by you know yeah uh, some barbecue joint you're like whoa i mean you can you don't even have to walk by a place when you show back up in austin you can smell you it you can smell it yeah, you can the smell airport it. smells like yeah that. it's interesting so um so what was your first gig then when you got into town uh lambert's lambert are you yeah. kidding me speaking of barbecue, lambert's right? just opened um and i yeah i got in there and the 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 woman manager at the time uh, i can't recall her name but she had just moved from san francisco uh-huh. and um uh so there was you know there was just a bit of buddy buddy yeah, in system course. and and i got a job there and working behind the bar uh yeah, yeah. and never would have known those guys to grow into what they oh my have. god i mean McGuire just warm stuff yeah insane. just just great to think about the start of it. well and because you, that place was a shit show yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and i remember years later which we'll get to at some point you're at mm-hmm. jeffrey's too oh, that's true right? that's true so that's a good yes. connection to make how yes. was that experience at lambert's like, uh um, very texas experience I yeah remember. very texas and it was definitely definitely jarring for me and it didn't you know it didn't really uh, uh, i didn't have the skill set necessarily to be the texan hospitality (laughs) southern southern guy here you know slinging ribs and and badly made margaritas you know it just wasn't in my dna and or my repertoire and so i kind of begrudgingly did it for a little while Uh, and it it did it grew on me it grew on me and um and then i met mickey spencer um out I think I was drinking Shangri-La. Okay. Over in East Six. It, yeah. just, it was just open maybe a few days. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I went over there with a friend of mine to check it out. And is this pre-mustache or post-mustache? Uh, or during? This is pre-mustache. Okay, okay. Right. So this was rat tail. Rat tail, got it. Th- yeah, this is rat tail. Uh, Were you wearing jorts too? Probably. It was hot out. <laughs> Very hot true. Out. And yeah. it's Shangri-La. And I got great legs. There we go. Um, and uh, yeah, so... I sat at Shangri-La and, met, and ran into Mickey Spencer, uh, met her. And she said, I'm a, I, I just rented this space next door. And I'm going to build a furniture store slash cafe slash restaurant and maybe sell some booze and okay. wine. And I was like, that sounds incredibly complicated. And, it really does. Uh, what's the space look like? I'd love to see it. You know, yeah. and we walked over there and there were like literally dirt floors in the place uh, really? the, it was it looked like a bombed out place there was this like this is a, what i'm thinking turns into what i think it's turning into yeah right? yeah uh well, i don't know East does it we had sex later no that's no, not no, true no, i didn't know me no, and mickey are very just we're just friends <laughs> we are just friends 
um were you uh, in then we were like all right yeah pretty much i said well i i sort of i mean i said well no we should make a bar (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know uh sonia cote the chef was was behind that she had yeah. a lot of new orleans experience and she's like yeah don't do we should make a bar we should do this program and i was like well you know i you know let's let's do it. i'm all in if you yeah, guys are yeah. all in they said well we just met you tonight let's do it and so yeah <laughs> the wonders that's, of that's how it worked yeah. and then we spent months months uh literally down there building building it i mean like scraping really? plaster off the brick walls and and uh so mickey's the general contractor would, like, at the, the root or the ground floor of it yeah i mean that was yeah that was a that was a tough slog, and Mickey, I mean, is an incredible uh, and perseverant person. I mean, yeah. she just will she'll get it done eventually, you yeah. know. And um, so, you know, she kept showing up, and uh, I mean, that's going to motivate bringing, you to show yeah, up. She's right, showing up, right? Right. And uh, the breakfast tacos were there, and the Lone Star was cold, and yeah. So we kept building, and eventually we got open, and and it was then it was wild after that. It was a wild ride for. Uh, for a little while. That's amazing. Yeah. And so we're talking, so you said showroom. This is 2008 uh, into 2009. I think okay. we opened in July 2009. And you were the start, was Dressel there then too, when it opened up? Dressel came a couple months later. Okay. okay. Um, Who was he, the opening staff, if you recall? Uh, myself, yeah. uh, a woman that I had pulled over from Lambert's called Liz Tips. Okay. Um, uh not many others. Yeah, I had, it's pretty early on. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. I had a guy named Michael um, that uh, I'm. I'm blanking on his last no, name right now. But uh, he was a. He was more of a cook and a chef, mm-hmm. and known for his antics kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "You'll fit perfect behind the bar." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we. Uh, but you know, we didn't expect East Sixth Street was boarded up at the time. Oh yeah. I mean, you had Rio Rita. Right. You got like three spots. You and had Shangri La. Uh, but not Sputnik. Was uh, it, it was the good night. The good had night just opened. Really, right? Yeah. And that was it. So we didn't That's think we were going to be busy. I didn't really need a bar staff. That's right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we just, we, we pulled it off and, and um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Did you learn a lot? I imagine being behind that massive back bar that you've learned quite a bit. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if I, I necessarily learned a lot while I was there. I was, I was, too busy trying to convince other people that they should learn a lot. I see. Um, I'm. I mean, I'm sure that I did learn something internally, but I'm. I'm not sure that that was the. It wasn't a um, mentoring experience at all. Well, if was, you, so do. You, is that something? Because that seems like a kind of a new thing, right? Like where you want other people to be empowered and educated. Yeah, it was. Had you found yourself in that spot before? Because it sounds like before you're just kind of absorbing and learning. Yeah, but this time, yeah, it's definitely. Shifting. No, this time it was. Uh, it was me. Um, uh, hoping that people were going to grab on to what we wanted to give them, yeah. but it was an uphill climb. And I think that we were, you know, part of that was uh, 50% our, you know, responsibility because we were um, doing something new. And yeah. I think it was 50%, you know, the, just the sort of standoffishness of Austin at the time. Sure. Um, and I think we were aggressive about it. I think that maybe we could have played it a little safer. Uh, what would have been the point though? Well, well, it wouldn't have been as fun. Yeah, you know? no way. And uh, uh, but I think you know, I mean, we just went for it. So Amazing. you know, and, and then some staff card started coming in. That Brian Dressel showed up, and that was a game changer because you know he didn't, he wasn't really doing a lot of craft stuff or anything like that right. when he showed well, up. But he was hungry necessarily, for it. right? Right, right. 
and he was hungry for it. He wanted to do it, and so we put him behind the bar, and he was, you know, he turned out to be one of my, you know, great friends yeah, that I've ever had in Austin. So, um, uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, as tensions do in restaurants, sure. you know, a year in or something like that, it was just, uh, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we it was hard to build. It was hard to convince the public to go for it. It was hard to show up every day and work those late nights and drink that much and, yeah. and do all that thing. And I think me and Mickey just sort of real quick and parted ways. Where'd you head? Uh, to Portland. Well, Port- I didn't I didn't actually go to Portland. I went to Oregon, Southern Oregon. Um, was it like a, a mind cleanse it? Like a, a palate little cleanser bit. kind of thing? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Um, I had had a, um, a gentleman uh, a couple days before I left the showroom. And just to backtrack and clarify just a moment, that me and Mickey, I, we're you guys are totally good terms. Great, now. yeah, yeah, I love, yeah. Love, love a girl to death, but there was there was a moment. And uh, uh, a gentleman came in a couple of days before I had left the showroom and um, never met him before. And he said, hey, I got this project going on downtown. If you're interested in it, uh, it'll be happening in a few months. And mm-hmm. I'd, you know, I'd love to meet with you about it. And so we met and told me more about it. And I signed on and, uh, and there was a pretty good window that I had before that was going to come to fruition. Right, so, right. you know, I hopped, uh, hopped on the bike and, and went up to Oregon for a little while. Uh, my mother was in Oregon at the time yeah. and had found a um, old tavern in the town of Brookings, Oregon, okay. which is on the coast. Um, it's about seven miles to the California border, just right down the corner. Right. And this was an old lager tavern, and it was called the Pine Cone Tavern. It oh, I like that. Yeah, it did was, it have a cool or, logo? It sounds like it had a cool yeah, logo. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was it, it seemed, I mean, it was, the, the whole interior was like log cabin-ish yeah, kind of yeah. thing. It was, it was small. Um, and it, it originally opened in 1914. Holy and shit. And it had been in consistent operation since 1926, despite some... <laughs> some some things obvious, that happened. Yeah. Right. <laughs> regulations it was probably like beyond, like i don't want to go out there bill that's exactly but right we got and to enforce prohibition like eh. well you, yeah loggers don't really take very you know well to be They'll told chase what you out to of do town like frankenstein you know? yeah so uh we revamped it we uh we went in and we did did some hard work and uh i put a little like uh, i don't know like a great classic menu on it yeah. and you know, had some hams beer on draft and, it was fun. We opened it up. Something we, simple, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, spent the summer doing that and got them up and running. And then, uh, you know, sh- my mother kept ownership for it for a while. Yeah. A couple years down the road, she sold it for, for a nice chunk of change and, yeah, sure. and went off on her merry way to do what she does. And, and um, but yeah, so I spent that time doing that and came back and went, you know, headfirst into building the monstrosity of uh bar congress and second bar and kitchen oh, and congress restaurant which was just a huge it's, project yeah well um, it is massive i mean scale wise yeah, just right. it was a lot going on and there was a lot of expectations on david bull yeah the chef and the gentleman that had asked me to do all this was scott walker who is you know he's he's known around town but he's uh he's a he's a uh great liability to have <laughs> uh, but it's like uh, gary Busey kind of thing yeah that's yeah, very yeah, yeah yeah he's a little little i cuter. love gary but mm-hmm. just don't let him be on his own yeah 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 so so we uh we did that um that was fun uh we had a lot of money behind us so we that's got to amazing. buy lots of cool stuff yeah. and you know my equipment was shiny and you know fit New exactly and where it was supposed to fit sophisticated and, you know i mean this it 
on it spoiled me yeah. for sure on the, on the ever aspect. since you think oh yeah yeah i'll never i mean i don't mind going back and working in in ragtag bars but i would never build one myself right at this point was this all three concepts so second and then congress and then bar congress Yes, and then you know Billy Hankey worked yeah, with us, yeah. uh, and he was sort of more in charge of Second Bar and Kitchens Bar, and Junior Dill yeah. was there. Uh, David Bull, Scott Walker, we had. I mean, that was the uh, Paula Rester. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, all star staff, insane staff. Dressel yeah. came over to it. Some Dressel came over with me as well. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I keep talking about. It. It's like I got a crush on Dressel. Oh, I love Dressel. It's great. I love Dressel. He. Uh, so there was a curtain that separated Bar Congress and Second Bar and Kitchens. Mm-hmm. You remember, and you could you uh, through the bars you could go through that curtain right, to right. the other bar as you're as a bartender you yeah know, you yeah cross bars and so uh you know during those busy shifts uh the the, the hand would come through the curtain you know <laughs> dressel's red hairy <laughs> giant hand yeah. would come through with some sort of glass of poison <laughs> it's like the wizard yeah and you know 50 50s and ferraris right, is generally right. what you expect yeah. and you're busier in the weeds you just grab it and you down it you don't Done. think about yeah. it and one one night, yeah, harm came through, and I was just balls deep and ball deep in this stuff, and <laughs> and uh, and I grabbed that thing, I throw it back, I about fell over. Oh Jesus! And was I didn't it have time this time. It was different. I didn't have time to investigate at the moment, but later on, after closing, I said, "What in the hell did you <laughs> give me?" And uh, he said, ah, "It's a 70-40. <laughs> which is. <laughs> I said, Mr. God Dressel, it, <laughs> I don't know how many 70-40s you've had tonight, but 70-40 don't add up to 100. And uh, he said, well, it was it was 70% Smith and Cross. Oh, Jesus. And uh, 40% Gapari oh, and 110% Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't argue with that. It was... Uh, There's no point in arguing. Yeah, it was good. So I know you end up going to Midnight Cowboy, you end up doing Dive. Yeah. What, was, uh, what was next after the Congress... Uh, I left Congress um, to because I had rented my space on uh, MLK and Chacon uh, oh, to I didn't build my that own bar. Then. Yeah, yeah. So what I, was the concept called at that point? Motel. Motel. That's Motel. Right. Yeah, and um, yeah, I left Congress to do that uh, naively, maybe, uh, and bad timing with uh, development-wise in the city and things, and mm-hmm. thought that you know um, uh, it was it was a good time to quit my job and go all in on a, on a property. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, things n- maybe started rolling and then just halted, s- didn't roll and then would roll for a minute. And, you know, it was an absolute nightmare at the, the time of the development department in the city had crashed and burned. Really? Uh, there were, they were backlogged for months uh, even residential permits were backlogged. Sure. And, and uh, if you had the money, you know, you, you can get anything that, done yeah. you want. But yeah. uh, we were working on a shoestring budget and we wanted to build something authentic. We wanted to build something that, that uh, you know, was part of us, that expressed us and everything that that um, I'd always wanted in right. a bar. And not, not in, a, in an exalting, not in a... In a uh, Theatric kind of way, right? Right. right. I meant in a very nuanced kind of, very nuanced, yeah. very genuine. Like this is it. This is what you all keep asking for in a bar. You yeah. want the best of every of all your different dive, uh, high class, uh, great service, convivial atmosphere. You know, you right. want it all, right. and I'm right. building it for you here. 
And uh, both on the bartender side and the customer side, we yeah. were looking at it from both angles. And um, uh, it just, uh, there were, it was hurdle after hurdle. How long would you say was it start to finish by the time you just put your hands up and said, like, I can't we do had, this anymore? We had uh, keys to the property for over almost three years. Oh, man. Yeah. Did you guys do a lot of build out on it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did probably about half the build out. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I mean, went through the- I don't know how much you are into music history, um, pop music, that is. So, you know, the Beach Boys and just celebrated the 50th anniversary, I think. Of, mm. Which didn't seem right because it seemed like pet sounds. Six, pet sounds. Oh. Was it 50, 54? But anyway, so roughly know. 50. Yeah. I thought it came out in 64, but maybe my mouth, math's off. Yeah. Same year as Sgt. Pepper's. Anyway, so yeah. they do this record, right? So Pet right. Sounds is yeah. one of the greatest records of all time. Some call it the best pop record ever made. Fine, fine. So they got to follow that up. Okay, so Brian Wilson starts working on all this stuff. He does all this tracking. He does all this work. Uh-huh. And due to whatever circumstances, whether it was a mental break, whether it was just succumbing to the pressure of the Capitol records, whatever, yeah. Smile is never released. Right, right. And so I look at this moment in time where everybody's clamoring mm-hmm. for your follow-up. They're clamoring for this great piece of art, this great piece of work. Mm-hmm. In a way, like the expectations couldn't be higher, which is bad and good at the same time. And all of a sudden, like because of bureaucracy and just freaking processing permits and shit, it didn't happen. I think that uh, that I mean that's I've never thought about it. The analogy of I'm of, giving you a lot of credit. There. Yeah, right. <laughs> of uh, of smile, but um, I will be the first to say that you know hit, uh, Brian Wilson's personal. Um, circumstances and 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 demons or whatever you want to you know is uh um we're alongside of any of that bureaucracy of course you know so um i will there are there are uh there's a long list of regrets i have um about my own uh you know functionality at that point too um there was uh yeah I could have done better. The city could have supported me more. You know, yeah. um, a lot of things in play. That could it was just the it was a different. it was a once one card fell. You know, it just kind yeah. of knocked them all down. So, so, what do you do to not recover, but just make sense of it all mentally? Because I I would be, and I'm not putting emotions into mm-hmm. your heart or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's got to be relatively heartbreaking to watch. Uh, it yeah in a way. yeah it was embarrassing i mean publicly embarrassing yeah um but uh you know you got to get over that well you have to I mean, not that, you do? nobody else really cares <laughs> well yeah know, it so. doesn't well it, and it's funny too because we're just anticipating and so no one i don't think that there was a a kind of unified front against you or mm. that that you had any reason to be embarrassed but no. i would feel that same way like kind of right. like with my tail between my legs right. walking out like we're where did you go? Did you stick in uh, town? Did you? I uh, well, initially I had um, uh, a girlfriend at the time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not the same one Bringing from San Fran. Different girlfriend. Okay, good, good. So we're on. Well, and we've actually skipped over a couple. So, yeah, yeah, that figured. That's all right. Yeah, um, that's Steve yeah. McQueen would have done. Uh huh. <laughs> and she, um, we'd known each other for years, and uh, she fell uh, ill. Um, she uh, was. Uh, diagnosed for the second time of with ovarian cancer. Oh no! Uh, so there's a little bit of you know empathy going on with the testicular cancer and all that from my right. side, and and um, 
you know, so this happens, and then immediately after this diagnosis, she finds finds out that she is pregnant, um, which is kind of good. Which right? is kind of good, except if you have ovarian cancer, they they want to go, huge. you know, they want to do some surgery in that. And this we can't do that, and you know, oh, right, right. make things happen as well. So, um, uh, yeah, and you know, this is a known quotient that 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 you know, I'm I'm not a biological father of right. this of this pregnancy, and and. So when Motel is sort of on the cliff of crumbling, this new uh, situation is popping up. And so there was a weighing situation that had to go on there. Um, I think that maybe if I had chose differently, abandoned one, I could save save one. Right. Not both. The Abel Cain thing, right? We have to kill like one. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I I held out hopes that I could somehow pull off both of them but i think when it came down to it there was just one that was more important yeah so um i think that's the right decision to make yeah that's where i went uh and uh you know uh things have turned out nice on that 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 aspect and there's a beautiful young two and a half year old two and a half yeah uh blonde girl that runs around and makes me smile every single day that's amazing and um i'm not uh uh yeah i'm not regretful at all about that so and you were still around i mean i i think we reconvened yeah. you know obviously yeah. ran into you and cowboy and stuff which you're probably doing part-time after the congress thing and during the motel stuff mm-hmm. i guess that's mm-hmm. probably when it came yeah. in that was a great great time when i was kind of entering this whole thing like you came in and and i've told you i told you this the other night but you know you just you didn't think about it too hard you know, some people get so cerebral with drinks that they mm. dissect it and it's no longer from their heart, you know? But you yeah. always made things that it just worked. It just flowed out of you. Right. You know, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know if that was always that way, but well, you know, sure, when we're talking when I about, met you, yeah. yeah, at Cowboy, I think, yeah, I was, I was championing, championing, um, what, how do you say this? Yeah. Uh, pushing for everyone to maybe... Let's cool our jets a little bit. Right. Let's figure Thank out. Think it's so hard. Know, let's figure out how to make these things. That's why Terrence Malick uh, takes ten years to put out a goddamn movie. <laughs> he thinks about it way too hard, yeah. right? But Spielberg, yeah. he's popping it. We out, also man. had there was access at that point to spirits and products that were um, that shined, uh, you know, maybe on their own or or in conjunction with with, with something else that would that would, you know, uh, slide up against it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And. Before that time in Texas, it was a little tough to get your hands on a lot of things, you know. So, I mean, once you have once you have a selection of a shelf full of agricole rums, yeah. now you you know you can pick some products out and, and start uh, layering that that on some some vermouth that you might not had in, yeah. in stock before, or whatever. It well, might change be. the dynamic. The paints yeah. you can paint with. Right. There's so many. Yeah. There's so much more that's vast exactly than right. before. The Velspar. That's right. <laughs> the Velspar of cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> some good commercials I yeah, yeah, yeah it makes me think of color yeah. all the time yeah well it's good you know and, and so we talk about jeffries and i know that things were we that's really almost symbolically the best place to lay low because mm. it's so oh, right. dark yeah and it's just like once things get kind of later in the night all yeah. the old people go to bed right and it just becomes this really amazing place to have i feel like these real unbridled moments you know now are you, are you saying jeffries or 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 midnight well, cowboy well cowboy always oh, cowboy right. you're making mistakes but jeffries like it be, right. it's a very civilized not seedy kind of place it's almost like a think tank i feel like yeah um you know mmh mcguire mormon yeah uh who, who they 
have their hands in some things and they get a lot of flack around town. Um, I think more from other chefs and restaurateurs sure. than from really Patrons. most of the industry. Uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, I, maybe some of their servers might be a little, you know, chafed at getting, you know, right. fired for some reason. But those guys are enviable, and that's just the bottom line. They are successful. They are um, putting out concepts and experiences and cohesive ideas yeah. that um, were thought about from start to finish. Immaculately conceived. Right. But not in the Jesus way. Maybe. Larry Larry <laughs> Maguire <laughs> could be Jesus. Well, maybe. <laughs> his his jackets fit well enough to like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those guys are they're great. They're you know, they kill what they do. Yeah. I don't want to own MMA you know type situations that but you know it's good to be a part of yeah definitely and they're fun they're fun guys so um great great environment man it was always fun coming in there when you were working yeah i knew i mean you know i won't throw anybody under the bus or anything but all those haters man they're jealous they are jealous yeah they're counting larry mcguire's counting that money that's (laughs) that's the bottom line he's counting the money Ford's in that damn jacket like these jackets are just like insanely crafted it's crazy yeah Anyway, so when, so this kind of leads off to a stint in Mexico. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the next step. Yeah, was there a moment that kind of drove you there, or again, you just needed to recalibrate and kind of? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it was a moment. I think it was a culmination of, I mean, the you know the 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 disappointment in in uh, um, professional life, yeah. uh, the stress of uh, the medical situation of 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 someone you love and. And having the introduction of a child yeah. that was not planned for, nor I'm, yeah. I'm not. Because you don't, like, that's the thing. You have the options, though. I like, have the options. You option. can leave if, if you want to. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, but you stuck around. You know? I did. And there was a bit of, you know, uh, I mean, to, I, to this day, I'll, I'll, I'll tell, I'll be the first one to say that I've, I've never wanted children, yeah. you know, and I still don't want children. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that. You know, I'll make an exception maybe for this one. (laughs) Two and a half years, uh, you know. But yeah, so there was a there was a time frame there where where she she was uh, both both the women uh, in my life, the little one and the and the not so um, well. She's petite. She yeah, she's very so uh, she's not not, she's not chunker or anything. (laughs) 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 Well, so so uh, real quick though, like how did the how did the ovarian piece how did that end up? Uh, there, they, uh, yeah, they took it all out at once. I mean, uh, she carried a term, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time in the hospital and, um, uh, a month actually straight. And, uh, uh, they took it all out. They took, uh, all her guts out basically. And then put all the ones back in that she needed. Oh, oh, so they, okay. Well, full hysterectomy, but you know, she did get to keep her, you know. Yeah, her uh, poop train and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's and, good. We need yeah, those. Yeah, I mean, and, I, well, uh, I couldn't part with mine. Yeah, took the baby out at the same time, and she was healthy and all that stuff. And wow. um, is it a, was that a good moment then to be like, okay, things seem okay now? Yeah, yeah, and it was a good moment. Of, well, I mean, there was there were definitely some a few months right well, after. Of course, I mean, you recover yeah. and all that. But. And uh, but yeah, you're you're talking about a a year in uh, to to uh, after birth and. Yeah. Um, uh, at this point, you know, I'm still a, for all intents and purposes, an autonomous person. I'm yeah. not 
you don't you know, have kids. I, I mean, don't have kids. Uh, yeah, I have I have a child that I love very much, and right. I don't have my own. So, um, I, yeah, I took off. I I got an offer to do some consulting work down in in Mazatlan, and and uh, Mazatlan's a really interesting place. It's um, I uh, uh, in the fifties. 60s, you know, these are Acapulco, Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. Um, these are escapes for the, the L.A. crowd. The, Westerners, right? Yeah, the, well, the, specifically the, the actors and, and oh, okay. you know, film industry from L.A. and music industry and things like that and, uh, to go hobnob and, and, and hang out. So there are remnants of this, this mid-century glitziness down mm. there that has been f- completely overshadowed by... Um, in all of these towns, uh, by developments and big hotel chains and things like that, mm-hmm. maybe down the street. But if you dig, you're gonna really come across some uh, some holdouts, you know, um, some, some history. vestiges of other eras. Right, yeah. right. And I really enjoyed that. And uh, I, I might maybe I stumbled upon something, you know, that I didn't know I was gonna stumble upon. And and as I got down there, I realized that it sort of dawned on me that my father had spent. Uh, a lot of time in that town specifically and he, he traveled really? a lot in in mexico he loved mexico He's just for for pleasure or for work or no what? for pleasure yeah. for pleasure i mean i don't i don't think that he wanted to work at a coal mine his whole life <laughs> i think he wanted to live Under, on the beach in mexico yeah. <laughs> so any chance that he got i think my father was a lot like me i don't think he wanted kids he just happened to have them you know and he loved them dearly so um but he yeah he did he spent a lot of time in that town specifically and i never really knew why before i I lived there because I just saw it as oh, that's kind of a touristy place in Mexico. Right. You know, right. it's like I don't want to go to Cabo. I don't want to go to Cancun. You know, Sammy Hagar, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but once I started, you know, spending time there digging, I, I got it, and um, it spoke to me for some reason. The Pearl of the Pacific, and um, it's crazy that it could be even in fact be genetic. Yeah. Pacificos brewed there. Yeah. I think maybe. Is might. that what it was? <laughs> Yeah, I think there's some similarities. (laughs) My father, beer, livers, uh, and uh, and and beaches, and um, uh, yeah, they got a great agua chili down there. I mean, that's all comes down to if you can sit around and eat shrimp. That's gonna, you know, that's 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 not. It's comes out of the ocean. They butterfly it and put it on a plate. That's all they do to it. Pour some lime juice and some hot sauce, and if that comes out good, then you don't need to go anywhere else. You it's know, true. so it's like really living off the land. Yeah, locavorialism yeah. or whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah. yeah. So how long were you down there? Oh, under a year. Under a year. Yeah, it was, it was six to nine months. How are the remember. people out there? Um, they are. They're great uh, because there is this. You know, they they know that the tourist dollar is incredibly important to their community. Yeah. Um, but they are not. Uh, for the majority of the part of town you know there is the the hotel chains sure. up in the north but uh for most of the part of town they're they're not really willing to turn their their town into a you know uh, cash box. willing to hoard out yeah yeah so they know that balance of sure we'll take your your dollars and uh but you know this is our way of life here and this is you know we're a working town yeah it's a it's still a working town and uh it's yeah so it's great did you have i mean ultimately being a white dude coming down there mm-hmm. warmly received uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, I was the project that I was working on uh, was um, uh, you know a couple of great restaurants down there, and uh, they I did 
my intention of of getting the staff training and the knowledge out um, was not uh, as successful as I would like, but yeah. that you know it has to do with the language barrier. I, it's hard, you know. I I don't I'm not fluent in Spanish. Uh, you know, I can get I can get by, yeah. and they're not fluent in English, but they get by, and so we kind of had to make it work. And right. you know, I I think I helped out a lot. I think that obviously if I was if I had stayed in high school and taken the Spanish class, maybe it would have <laughs> be been more effective. A little bit more proficiency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not much. So let's yeah. just call it like yeah. probably the same level. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, they they requested that I come back uh, to. I basically had to come back because my visa was up, uh, and uh, so um, you know I got back and they they wanted me to come back and I, I hemmed and hawed a little bit and just um, I decided not to. Yeah. Uh, I think it. Uh, there are days when I wake up and you know, obviously, oh shit, I should have. That was paradise. I was living on the, literally on the beach, yeah. in a you know, in a in a condo on the beach, and I had a great job and paid well. And, but uh, why'd you come back then? Not to mean. Well, I mean, there's visa stuff. I get there's some right. legal ramifications, but uh, ultimately, what what brought you back? I didn't want to do the same thing over again. I didn't want to go back to a place that I was just at to do the same thing for another visa stint. Yeah, because what do you do after that one? Do you go back again? Or? Yeah, I don't know. That just seemed it seemed like it might turn into a Groundhog Day situation. Absolutely. So, um, uh, yeah. So I came back to try and figure out something different to do, and funny enough, uh, I'm just still in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> but not so long. You haven't been back that long, have you? Oh, uh, it's been nine nine months. Okay. Like so yeah. still, I got back still... in in like October last year. Gotcha. Or September. I'm, re- I'm not very good with dates. Good. I wouldn't remember my own birthday if it wasn't 9-11. So. <laughs> I'll remember that shit now, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so, yeah. you know, to wrap this up, like a couple of things that I think are really important that, that I express. And so sometimes, you know, I don't know how people are with compliments. And frankly, I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Mm. Like, you've got this talent. You have a gift. And there's not a lot of people that I feel just kind of make it work with whatever. I don't know where... You got your sensibilities with flavor. I don't know where your inspirations come from, but if you don't keep expanding and keep enlarging the things that you do, mm. um, I know you're going to keep traveling and doing the Steve McQueen thing, which is good. You keep <laughs> romance and you'll keep fighting. It's mm. good. Great lifestyle, but the dude died pretty young. Uh-huh. Just to yeah. put it in reference. Yeah. What is knowing that you have, or maybe you don't know this, but me saying you've got this massive talent, and you were so close once to putting this record out, to completing this project. Are you going to try it again? Are you going to try to have that spot that is well-deserved to wherever, whatever town you settle in, but that is whole, holy Adam's spot? I think that it's... Um, possible, uh, but I think what's more likely is that I will... Um, finally figure out how to provide someone else, the public, the customer, yeah. whatever, um, with an experience that also makes me happy at the same time. Right. And I don't think that that's necessarily what I was trying to do before. I see. I think that I was trying to make everyone but myself happy. So uh, that diverts the uh you know result in quite different ways 
we are different now, right? I mean, you've got yeah. more experiences under the belt. You're a right. bit older, a bit wiser. I'd hope even being a bit more jaded, you know, and said like, I'm, I'm not going to do shit for everybody else. I have to do it for myself. I want, I don't want to, I don't want to eliminate any of the doing the stuff for the other people. What sure. I want to do is bring on the doing the stuff for me. Yeah. So if that perfect bar uh, for everybody else might have been in, in, you know, Austin, Texas somewhere. Right. I think that perfect bar for me is on a beach in Nicaragua somewhere. <laughs> And I'm finally ready to just accept that. And, and that, you know, that may be, maybe that we're uh, in the, that time of, of the movie cocktail where I have to go down and do some beach bartending <laughs> before I come back and, open, it, you know. You know, well, two things. There, there's one, there's an Elizabeth shoe waiting for you, which is, <laughs> which is a very promising thing. Uh-huh, and then two, uh-huh. speaking of Nicaragua, you know, mm-hmm. I, I always was, I'm always curious what you would pick. You know, there's lots of bourbon on my shelf. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mezcal, mm-hmm. but. You actually picked the Nicaraguan rum, the Florida Cana, twelve year, which is eighty proof, mm-hmm. lovely, easy. Yeah, I've I've really forgotten what it tastes like. So yeah, well, it's yeah. glad that we can reminisce. What do you right. think? I I think it's so easy, so good, so crisp. Um, it it makes me want the eighteen. Yeah, that doesn't mean that this leaves me wanting. It just it it but encourages it encourages. Uh, the next, the next opening of the yeah. next bottle. I'll have to grab a bottle. We'll enjoy one soon, man. And while I'll come see you, you're at uh, Dive. You said doing some stuff I'm at, over there. Uh, yeah, I'm at Dive Bar and Lounge these days. Um, that Dive Bar and Lounge reminds me uh, a lot of the basement pub. Yeah, that I started mopping those floors at. And uh, so a lot of people ask me, you know, what what what, what are you doing at Dive Bar and Lounge? Why <laughs> is that your choice? And that's the answer. Your old sweetheart. Yeah, it's it's going home. It's amazing. Yeah. Dude, it, it took a while to get here, but I'm so glad you sat down and chatted with me, dude. Yeah, it was great. Had a great time staying. So of course. Thanks so much, Adam. Thank you. So there we have it. A long time coming. That amazing chat with Adam Bryan. I've run into him in so many different places at so many different times in my life. And in a sense, he's been a constant even when he's in and out of Austin. But Great journey, great tale. These are the kinds of conversations that I find very riveting because he, in a sense, doesn't, and this is to his credit, he doesn't understand how great of a bartender he is. Or maybe he doesn't. He plays the humility card quite well. But either way, Adam, thank you so much for chatting with me. It was quite a pleasure. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to View with Mike G. Might I remind you that today this episode drops at approximately 9 a.m. Central Time on June the 13th, and that is and denotes the first day of classes for the Bar Institute in Austin, Texas, occurring at the Driscoll Hotel, presented by Lush Life. You've got some Woodford Reserve stuff going on. You've got some Crown Royal stuff going on. you got bar mashups. You've got great conversations about bar opening, entrepreneurialism, how to start a brand. Lots of cool things, but unfortunately, there's no class that tells you how to pronounce entrepreneurialism. It's a difficult one, folks. So thanks for listening. And no matter if you're still considering buying those Bar Institute tickets, which are well, well worth it, or if you're going to come see me on my class at 2.30 on Tuesday to talk about products and understand what my last name is, please keep dancing.